COVID mandate madness? Oh yeah, there's lots to talk about that. We have, I know you're going to find this shocking, booster shots coming. The FDA is going to approve booster shots. We got Congressman Chip Roy and much more coming up tonight, and I'm right. You know what I think about sometimes? How wild it is, the level of, I don't know if we even want to call it corruption, how how high it's all gone and how we've just built in a certain level of, let's just call it corruption, into everything now. What am I talking about specifically right now? We're going to bring in Chip Roy here in just a second to talk about it, but boosters. The coronavirus vaccine boosters. You see, the FDA is almost undoubtedly going to approve booster shots for everybody over the age of 18 tomorrow, maybe even today. Let me ask you something, because I don't want to just gloss right over this. Why is it a guarantee the FDA is going to approve this? Shouldn't there be some suspense? And yet everybody and their brother knows they're going to approve this. Why has every single part of our system become simply a rubber stamp for more lockdowns, more mandates, more boosters, more everything? I mean, we have Dr. Fauci, of course. Remember, this is 15 days to slow the spreads, Fauci. And then it's, well, maybe Easter time, Fauci. And then, well, hopefully by Christmas, Fauci. And then, well, okay, once everyone gets vaccinated, Fauci, I know you're going to find this shocking. The goalposts are moving again. He told Axios, quote, in my opinion, boosters are ultimately going to become part of the standard regimen and not just a bonus. Yes, that's right. Everybody out there fully vaccinated, I apologize. You were about to join me and about five others in the no longer vaccinated line. That is simply the way it goes. And look, let's be honest about what this has all been about hasn't been about coronavirus. It stopped being about coronavirus about five minutes after coronavirus got here. This has all been about, well, what most things in politics are about. Money and power. Listen, listen to Dr. Fauci when he talks about your freedom as if it's some annoying little gnat in his agenda. I, I didn't quite understand what the purpose of that was except to put this misplaced perception about people's individual right to make a decision that supersedes the societal safety. You hear how he said it? <laughs> individual right. <laughs> These people, man. Oh, by the way, I should I should mention uh, Pfizer, BioNTech, or BioNTech, I never knew how to say it, and Moderna are now making a combined profit of $65,000 every single minute. How about that? I'm sure they're definitely interested in stopping all this, right? Joining me now, Congressman Chip Roy, running for re-election, I might add, and one of the very few good ones in Congress, Congressman Chip Roy of the great state of Texas. Congressman, I can't help but feel like they don't actually want to fix coronavirus. I feel like this might be about something else. You know, Jesse, it's never been about making sure that we protect Americans and have actual uh, medicines, having the ability for American people to go to doctors and make decisions about what's in their best interest. It's always, as you said, been about power. It's been about, uh, uh, frankly, corruption. It's been about the flow of dollars. Uh, what you just said, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I've said I won't take any money from Pfizer. Uh, I won't, I haven't, I don't take any money from big tech. Uh, at the end of the day, we've got to stop this. And, and you, you played that clip that I think is probably the most important thing 
about what Fauci said. As you said, dismissing like a gnat our individual liberty, our freedom, our healthcare freedom, our ability to make decisions for ourselves or our family. You've got the government with the power of government, Joe Biden, all of these lunatics, the CDC, the NIH, FDA, all of them, HHS, coming in and literally limiting our ability to get care, for example, monoclonal antibodies in tech, while mandating you get a needle stuck in your arm on a still to be uh, figured out effectiveness rate on a vaccine that seems to be declining in effectiveness, while saying you've got to get a third booster, now they're even talking about the fourth booster, all by the way, when we know that natural immunity works and they literally refuse to do any work on natural immunity. I'm introducing legislation this week to make them uh, put out information and have transparency on natural immunity, but we have to get all of our answers on natural immunity from Israel, from the United Kingdom studies, and from private studies in America, but not from these jackasses who are actually more interested in empowering themselves and doing fashionable interviews like Fauci than actually protecting America. Chip, why do they want to make America poorer? I mean, look, let's be honest. Joe Biden isn't sitting on the board of Pfizer. Uh, Dr. Fauci isn't, although he probably will be when all this is done, but Dr. Fauci isn't. There are so many people pushing things that are making us poorer, making us more miserable. They're tyrannical things they don't have the authority to do. Why? What's the motivation? Well, I think there are two pieces to this. One are those that are actually seeking power and using the power of government purposefully because they have an agenda, an agenda that they want to advance, a woke agenda, a climate agenda, a we are going to determine health care for all agenda all because they believe either that they've got all the infinite wisdom to make good choice, they're benevolent, you see, or they just want the power. They just like the empowerment and they're so beholden to a secular, woke, you know, culture, bowing down at the altar of that, as opposed to our Lord Almighty and the freedom and, and, and those principles that our founders fought for. They're fighting for power. The rest of them are sheep. They just go along. They just go, oh, well, this isn't really taking away your liberty. This is actually just taking care of everybody. This is making sure everybody's okay. But that's just total crap, right? The same um, ideology, and this is an ideology, it's a religion for these people. It's the same thing that has them targeting South Lake schools right now with the Department of Justice. The same thing with a whistleblower showing that the Department of Justice is targeting parents uh, in order, in, just because they're raising issues with CRT at school board. That is the exact same thing. It's the same thing driving uh, my house colleagues on the floor going after Paul Gosar right now when their leftist nuts have said all sorts of crazy things over the years. This isn't about righteousness. This is about power. It always has been. It always will be. And it's about time Republicans start acting like it instead of the 13 losers who folded like, you know, wet noodles uh, two weeks ago. They are indeed losers, and I love to hear you say it. Well, we do have some good news, I think, Chip. I think, I mean, you're, you, you know more, more, more about this stuff than I do. We have the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals saying this vaccine mandate is completely <laughs> unconstitutional, and there's no authority for this whatsoever. So now OSHA has to back off because this isn't, I don't even want to say a law, because it wouldn't have been a law anyway. The president can't just pass laws willy-nilly. But is this thing gonna die, Chip? You're gonna have to forgive me if I don't have the most amount of faith in the Supreme Court in the world. Yeah, well, first of all, you should never put your faith in courts to determine what your God-given rights are. Let's start with that, okay? Uh, I believe in the rule of law, and we go fight and we argue where we can to defend our rights, but we defend our rights. We the people. 
and what just happened is good. Okay, let's let's take wins when we get them. The Fifth Circuit, I've got lawyers, friends of mine like Rob Henneke at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, Texas Attorney General's Office, uh, Louisiana, you know, uh, Louisiana, uh, AG Landry, all those guys, they're all fighting hard. And now you see in the Sixth Circuit, uh, that was the consolidation in the Sixth Circuit. So now we're seeing a win with OSHA backing away for now. But here's the thing. The one group that has the power to fix this right now are 41 Republicans in the United States Senate. If 41 Republicans in the United States Senate use either the National Defense Authorization Act, which we've talked about, it's garbage, don't draft our daughters, et cetera, we can talk about that more, or more importantly, the continuing resolution, right? Our funding for government expires on December 3rd. That's why there's some senators there calling on using that as a moment to say, no Republican should vote to fund a government that is uh, carrying out unconstitutional, unlawful, or wrongheaded mandates of vaccine. One final point, stopping OSHA is not enough. That is unconstitutional and it's crap, but we have to stop the Department of Defense. We have to stop Border Patrol. We've got to stop the feds and going after contractors, by the way, stopping going after our men and women in uniform who might say, you know what, I'm 22 years old. I don't want to get a jab that might cause me to have heart inflammation when I've already had natural immunity. And that guy is going to be facing dishonorable discharge or hell, even just honorable discharge. My my colleagues hiding behind, oh, let's fix it so they can be honorably discharged. Like, who gives a damn? They're having to lose their job. They're having to lose their dream of serving in the United States military because these woke are undermining their ability to serve. I, we, we should not fund a government that does that. No, we should not. And I, I'm really afraid to ask this question. We only do need 41 Republicans in the Senate, Chip. Are we going to get them? Not unless the people demand it. Now, I've seen this before. We're heading into Thanksgiving. We don't have a lot of time. Thankfully, yesterday, my Freedom Caucus colleagues and I, we came together. We put out an official position of the entire Freedom Caucus that we will not support any funding of government that includes vaccine mandates of any kind, uh, COVID uh, vaccine mandate. Um, we're now pushing to the Senate. They've got a letter. I think they've got maybe 15 senators that are on that letter. We need to demand that every Republican senator sign on to this and say, we're not going to fund a government that's going to mandate the American people have to be subjected to vaccines, whether they're private sector, contractors, DOD, Border Patrol, no American should have to get a COVID-19 vaccine by force of government. Amen. All right, Congressman, speaking of senators, as you know, one of the good ones is one from the great state of Texas here, Ted Cruz. I did enjoy this little exchange he had with Mayorkas. Man, alive, are we in trouble? Now, you told another senator you don't know how many gotaways there have been? Uh, I will have to circle back, uh, Senator, with that information. Yes. So that wasn't a fact that, that you thought was relevant to this hearing? Oh, it is um, uh, absolutely uh, uh, relevant. I, I understand why the question is posed. It's a fact of great... Okay, you're, but you're not prepared to answer... Great. Our uh, DHS secretary doesn't have any idea what's going on at the southern border. Do I have that right, Congressman? Well, you do have that part right, but he's lying. Of course he knows how many gotaways there are. I know how many gotaways there are because I talked to sources at the border, and that number is between 300,000 and 400,000, on top of what he admitted in cross-examination in the hearing of something like four to 600,000 people who have come across, been uh, apprehended, and then have been released into the country under asylum laws, which he was all preaching about yesterday. Look, he should be impeached. Uh, we know full well he is willfully choosing not to enforce the laws of the United States. 
He is hiding behind asylum laws, which were never meant to allow a wave of people to come here for economic benefits uh, instead of seeking something when they're being religiously or, or otherwise persecuted, which is a fraction of these people. They're doing it on purpose. They know what they're doing. That is failing to faithfully execute the laws of the United States. I wrote a 13-page memo to my Texas colleague saying that we should impeach this, this guy uh, and that, frankly, that will lay the foundation for going after Biden. Uh, because of what they're doing. But uh, we need I need more folks in the House to not get hung up on their interpretation of high crimes and misdemeanors that there needs to be some specific law. No, the founders clearly intended for us to be able to go after uh, executive branch officials for breaching their oath and their duty to faithfully execute the law so we should impeach this guy. Amen. You are running for re-election, right? I, we, we, we really do need you to stick around there for a while, Congressman. I am Jesse Banks. Yeah, I'm running for re-election. A great district. My district improved a little bit after the redistricting process. Central Texas, Hill Country is beautiful. Uh, great constituents. But uh, yeah, I'm running again. I'm foolish enough to want to come beat my head against the ball, but it's because I love my country. Um, I did not wear the uniform like you did. Um, this is the little bit that I can do to give back, try to fight for freedom, to fight for our men and women in uniform, but more importantly, to fight for our kids, to save this republic for them. Uh, freedom matters. Right. Other than, uh, you know, belief in the Lord Almighty and protecting my family, freedom matters. And uh, I'm not going to let these Democrats, they don't get to have her. We're, we're taking our country back and, and they don't get to have it. We do. Amen. Congressman Chip Roy, I support you. I hope everyone else does as well. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you very much. Thanks, Jesse. God bless. It's a good man right there. We need a lot more like him. He's got some good ideas, I'm telling you. All right. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got my buddy Cam Edwards joining us next. There's been a lot of gun talk and self-defense talk. Cam knows more about that stuff than anybody I know, so we're going to talk to him about it. But first, what if I told you you could avoid the gigantic insurance providers, probably ones who hate your guts, and go with one that's a faith-based group called One Chair Health? And when you picked up that group, you would have unbelievable coverage options, dental, vision, you would have 24-7 telemedicine. You would have, oh, did I mention, if you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly, OneShare Health donates 5% of your monthly contribution to our veterans struggling with PTSD. Did I not tell you this is a great group? My.onesharehealth.kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. Go find out the great insurance that is out there for you and your family. We'll be back. When the defendant provokes the incident, he loses the right to self-defense. You cannot claim self-defense against a danger you create. That's critical right here. If you're the one who is threatening others, you lose the right to claim self-defense. Joining me now from BearingArms.com, my friend Cam Edwards. Cam, uh, it's been bizarre. I'm certainly not a lawyer by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know my eyes and ears tell me the prosecution in this case is an, he's an idiot. How did that, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, it's a really good question. Uh, I, and I don't know if he's an idiot or if he is just willing to use any argument possible in order to try to uh, obtain a conviction, even if he has to misrepresent uh, what the law of self-defense actually is, you know? And it's good to be here, Jesse, because not only did Thomas Binger 
uh, say, listen, I mean, if, if you provoke an attack, you lose your right of self-defense, which actually is not even the case under Wisconsin law. If you provoke an attack, you have to retreat uh, before you can use reasonable force to defend yourself. But there's no evidence other than these, you know, blurry, grainy photos uh, that, that Rittenhouse actually provoked anyone that night. In fact, there was plenty of testimony over the course of this trial that Rittenhouse tried to de-escalate uh, tense situations at times. But, you know, we saw the prosecution argue that if you bring a gun to a fist fight, uh, that you can't act in self-defense, that everybody just needs to take a beating sometimes. I mean, this was an absurd take on our right of self-defense. And thank goodness Thomas Binger uh, isn't writing the laws. It's just a shame that he's out there trying to enforce the laws that are on the books because at least stuff like this. Cam, help me understand how this even gets to trial. I mean, I, I know I'm not a lawyer, but we have, it's not only that all these things took place. They're all on videotape. I mean, you can go on Twitter right now and look at the evidence. It's that crazy. You can look at all this. It's on video. He's defending himself. And yet, as we speak right now, the jury is deliberating about sending this kid to, to prison for the rest of his life. How did it get this far? Well, I, I think that Kyle Rittenhouse's attorney, Mark Richards, uh, summed it up in his closing argument. I mean, he, he basically said, look, this was a politically motivated decision to charge Kyle Rittenhouse. And it was done about two days after the shootings took place, long before the investigations had ever been concluded, long before witnesses had been interviewed, well before uh, the prosecution or even police had the opportunity to view some of these videos, including the, the drone footage that, you know, is at the heart of the prosecution's case. The, the decision was made to charge Kyle Rittenhouse with first-degree murder before any of that information had been uh, uh, obtained, before the investigation had ever been concluded. So you ask how we got here. I think we got here with, as Mark Richards said, a rush to judgment on the part of prosecutors who wanted to send a message that, uh, you know what, the things were going to be calm in Kenosha. We weren't going to put up with this type of violence. Uh, and it didn't matter if it was self-defense or not. What mattered was sending the message that, uh, that you know, Kenosha was not a place uh, where this type of behavior was going to be acceptable. The question then became, again, what was this behavior? Was it murder or was it self-defense? And I love all the lawyering I've seen from the communists out there in recent days, Cam. I particularly love this one. <laughs> this is an August 2020, a fact check from PolitiFact, which I just love the name of that. It's just wonderful. It said a Facebook post says, at 17 years old, Rittenhouse was perfectly legal to be able to possess that rifle without parental supervision. That's false. Cam, was it illegal for Kyle Rittenhouse to have an AR-15? Well, as that little editor's note you just scrolled by uh, notes, not according to the judge in this case. Uh, you know, the judge took a look at this Wisconsin law in question. And look, admittedly, the law is really confusing. Um, but it was just as confusing for PolitiFact a year ago, right? And yet they supposedly came to the determination that, no, of course he wasn't allowed to carry that gun. Well, actually, according to Bruce Schroeder, uh, based on the Wisconsin law in question, if the gun was not a short-barreled rifle, then, yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse was legally allowed as a 17-year-old to possess that firearm, which is why the gun possession charge was dropped. Now, you don't have to like the law. You can say the law was, you know, poorly worded and the legislators actually meant something else. But look, that's the way the law is written. And so Kyle Rittenhouse is not facing a uh, illegal gun possession charge. The uh, charge of violating curfew is dropped. 
Um, he had a, a right to be in Kenosha that night. He had a right to have a rifle with him that night. Those those points are not in dispute from a legal standpoint anymore. Cam, but he crossed state lines, haven't you heard? Yeah, but not with a rifle, right? Because the rifle was in the possession of Dominic Black the entire time. So Kyle Rittenhouse drove, what, 17 miles from Antioch, Illinois to uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Well, I don't know about you, Jesse. You know, a lot of folks have at least that long of a commute uh, to work every day. And they don't consider themselves to be outsiders when they're driving from where they live to where they go to work. Kyle uh, Rittenhouse did work in Kenosha. He had friends in Kenosha. His father lived in Kenosha. But that was one of the other, you know, sort of prosecutorial arguments that, uh, that, that Binger tried to make is that this guy didn't belong here that night, right? He was a stranger. As it turns out, uh, you know, Anthony Huber, I think, actually lived further away from Kenosha than Kyle Rittenhouse did. But prosecution never called him an outsider. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it was a lame argument. I, I, I didn't like it. Uh, I don't know how well it went over among the jurors. But, you know, the bottom line is Kyle Rittenhouse had a right to be there. He had a right to have that gun. Th those issues aren't in dispute. The question is whether or not he was acting in self-defense. That's what this case is all about. Cam, explain this to me, please. Why, on a macro level, why is there so much anger at somebody who stopped the insanity, at least temporarily, from last summer, and virtually no anger from the mainstream media at the animals who were torching American cities? It's so bizarre who they've chosen to defend and who they've chosen to demonize. It really is. And even, you know, this week we've seen, I counted a half dozen stories, there might be more of them out there. I, I counted a half dozen columns, generally along the lines of, Kyle Rittenhouse is no hero. He might have acted in self-defense, but he's no hero. Okay, look, if you want to believe that, that's your opinion, fine. But you're right, Jesse. Why are we talking about, well, Kyle Rittenhouse may have acted in self-defense, but he shouldn't have been there. Why is nobody saying Kenosha shouldn't have been burning? That, that, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse wouldn't have been there if you didn't have people who were trying to kick off a revolution to, to ignite this revolutionary fire by burning Kenosha to the ground. That's why Kyle Rittenhouse were there. That's why Ryan Balch was there. That's why you had dozens, if not hundreds, of individuals who were Kenosha residents or who lived nearby uh, who came to that city to stand guard over businesses, to watch over, uh, you know, the, the, the livelihoods uh, for people who were getting ready to lose everything if the mob decided that their business shouldn't be allowed to exist. And you're right. We're not talking about that. The media isn't interested in having that conversation. Apparently, the leftist guide to riot response is stay home. Don't set foot off your property, particularly if the mob is telling you not to. Don't have a firearm. Allow yourself to be beaten if you're attacked. And and that's how you're supposed to respond. Well, I don't, I don't think that's how Americans respond to, uh, to, to to situations like that. And so we certainly haven't seen that in the past. I don't think we're going to see that in the future. We care about our businesses. We care about our communities. Uh, and yeah, I think that you, you've got millions of Americans who are prepared to defend their neighborhoods, their communities, their cities, rather than see them torched and burned to the ground. Cam, what's the right to carry question gun control activists don't want you to ask? That question would be, why do some people get to carry while others don't? 
this is you know a question that's really at the heart of the right to carry case that's before the Supreme Court right now. Uh, I wrote about this at uh, Barry and Arms because you've got gun control activists who, you know, just want to say, look, it's more dangerous if more people can carry guns. Well, who gets to decide who the chosen few are? Why in New York City can the rich and the powerful carry a firearm, but the average citizen can't? Why do you have to demonstrate some sort of special need or special circumstance to exercise your constitutional right? And why would you ever expect that Americans would simply accept that? That's not how we treat our rights. Uh, the question that gun control activists don't want you to ask is basically to explain their own position on what the right to bear arms actually means, because it becomes readily apparent they don't consider it a right at all. No, of course. Well, they they should be allowed to hurt you, but not vice versa. Cam Edwards, BearingArms.com. Thank you so much, brother. Thanks, Jason. Good seeing you, man. All right. We have new whistleblower information, and wow, the FBI, the, the uh, DOJ, the Attorney General, yikes. We're going to get to all that in a minute, but let's talk for a second about one of my favorite subjects in the world, gear. I'm a gear freak. I love it. Always have, always will. I love good gear. That's why I've been telling you for so long about Northwest Retention Systems, made in the USA, custom-made holsters, not just the best design, custom-made holsters. But understand this. It's more than just this kind of holster or that kind of holster. Make sure when you go to nwretention.com, you check out the Scout. It's actually their best-selling item. It's a chest holster. It's awesome. Check out their belt. I, I'm wearing one right now. It's incredible. Make sure you check out the sling. My favorite part of the sling is it's a two-point sling, and there's not a bunch of garbage on it that makes things confusing, buckles and such like that. Go to nwretention.com. It's the best gear I've ever found, I've ever used in my entire life, and I've used a lot of gear. nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE when you get there. That gets you 10% off and free shipping at everything over 100 bucks. nwretention.com. We'll be back. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I do think it's really, really important we continue to have the conversation on this show about the most dangerous development going on in the United States of America right now. What is that development? Well, let's pause for a moment. Think about a historical monster, somebody you hate, someone everyone hates. Of course, one of the first names is going to be Hitler or uh, Stalin or Mao. These are, these are the names that are probably going to be on, on the forefront of your mind. You know, Ivan the Terrible, maybe, if you're, if you're a bit of a throwback. Okay, you hate them. Why do you, why do you hate these guys? Well, Jesse, they, they killed all these people. They did? Did Hitler actually kill all those innocent Jews? Did Stalin go murder all those Soviet citizens? Mao, was he a busy little boy? Just fingers getting cramps out there shooting all those Chinese people. Ivan the Terrible even. See out there personally slaughtering his own people? No, they weren't. You see, in the end, these evil people need someone to pull the trigger, swing the sword, run the death camps. What I'm getting at is this. You as an American, me as an American, do not fully appreciate the absolute terror that comes with having a state-run police that is completely corrupt 
and operating at the behest of the regime. They are, in the end, the ones who pull the trigger and run the camps. It's the state-run police you need to be very, very, very worried about. And I am officially at the stage of being very, very, very worried. You see, you remember when parents were getting upset at school boards and they're going down there yelling because they don't want their kids learning about critical race theory in school. They don't want their kids learning gender, queer, perverse, disgusting stuff in school. They just want their kids to get a decent education. And the Biden administration, well, they decided they didn't like that. It was making their teachers' unions look bad. So the Biden administration directs the attorney general, the top law enforcement officer in the United States of America, to attack these parents. The attorney general then sicks the FBI on concerned parents. Remember, the FBI recently has admitted they're not even looking into Antifa or Black Lives Matter but they are not only going after concerned parents, we now have a whistleblower. There's a report that shows on October 20th, the heads of the FBI instructed the counterterrorism divisions to flag all assessments and investigations into potential criminal threats, harassment, and intimidation of educators with a threat tag. Yes, that's right. The FBI counterterrorist unit was talking about concerned parents. Are you worried yet? You should be. And here's the Attorney General of the United States of America lying under oath before Congress. Does that seem like an act of domestic terrorism that you or your Justice Department ought to be investigating? Absolutely not. And I want to be clear, the Justice Department uh, supports and defends the First Amendment right of parents to complain as vociferously as they wish about the education of their uh, children, about the curriculum taught in the schools. That is not what the memorandum is about at all, nor does it use the words domestic terrorism or Patriot Act. Like you, I can't imagine any circumstance in which the Patriot Act would be used in the circumstances uh, of parents complaining about their children, nor can I imagine a circumstance where they would be labeled as domestic terrorism. Oh, except that's exactly what he did. He then promptly briefed the counterterrorism heads of the FBI who then acted on these parents. Are you worried yet? You better be. Because if the Federal Bureau of Investigation is now officially the enforcement arm of the regime, we are in very, very, very deep trouble. Oh, and do keep in mind, He's directly tied to critical race theory. His son-in-law runs a company that pushes it. I'm not making that up. And it's funny, you know, I mentioned Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and we're told all the time that these parents are potentially domestic terrorists and white supremacists. Are, there's all these white supremacists. You don't know any, but they're, they're all hiding right around the corner over there. They're a, they're a big concern. Ooh, anything could happen. They're not even looking into people who say things like this. I wonder why. I've got over a thousand soldiers ready to go. We're not the board. Yeah. A thousand go. Yeah. 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 I don't care. Yeah, we're the My first amendment right. My first amendment right. The board is in front of you. Not me. If you want to talk to me, I'd be happy to talk to you. You're not the board. In case you missed that in the beginning, 
I've got a thousand soldiers ready to go. FBI isn't even looking into them. Didn't even get a phone call. Oh, but if you're upset about critical race theory, be careful. They might come knocking on your door. This had better make you very, very uncomfortable. And I'm glad, look, we're going to get Jim Jordan on to talk about this soon, but I'm glad he's all over it. This scenario where on September 29th, a left-wing political organization writes the president of the United States saying, we want you to get the FBI involved in spying on parents, setting up a dedicated line of threat communication, a snitch line on parents. Five days later, a memo goes out. He comes and testifies. Looks like he said something that wasn't true to this committee. And the very next day, think about this. I've never seen this in all my time in Washington. The very next day, the organization that started this whole thing in progress, they apologize for the initial letter that started it all. They withdraw the letter. And you guys won't join us in wanting to, we need the Attorney General back sitting right at that chair answering our questions. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of something we all went through 10 years ago. This reminds me of when the IRS targeted people and then it wasn't called a threat tag, then it wasn't called a terrorist tag, no, then it was called the BOLO list. Be on the lookout list. If you said the wrong thing in this country, the IRS, Lois Learn, the IRS puts you on a list, much like what we see the FBI doing now, thanks to this brave whistleblower who came forward. Thanks indeed. And anyone else at the FBI wants to come forward, now is the time. Now is the time. Believe me when I tell you, it gets worse from here if this organization is not exposed for what it has sadly become because it is scary. The FBI has the power. Remember, every person watching me right now, the FBI has the power to destroy your life like that if they want to. It's a big deal. All right. Now, we got a lot more show. We got Tamika Hamilton coming up. But let's talk about something good. Flipping houses. I know you watch the shows. Don't lie. I know you do. My wife does all the time. Every time I walk by, she's watching some TV show about flipping houses. And they bought this house. And they're going to they're gonna rip out this wall. And they're going to improve this bathroom. And then they're going to turn around and sell it and make a pile of money. And it looks like so much fun, right? It is fun. People make a fortune doing it. Why aren't you? You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know anything about it. Go to FlippingMadeEasy.com. Sign up with the promo code JESSE today. What you're going to find there is a one-stop shop for everything you need. They'll teach you endless articles and information from experts about what to do, what not to do. You need vendors in your area, plumbers, electricians, drywall, whatever the case may be, it's on FlippingMadeEasy.com. You want to know what the opportunities are? What are the flipping opportunities in your area? FlippingMadeEasy.com. Go to FlippingMadeEasy.com and sign up. Even if it's just a little side hustle, you're going to be surprised how much fun you have and maybe make some money. FlippingMadeEasy.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Joining me now is Tamika Hamilton. She is one of the good Republicans running for Congress in California, and she is also a 14-year veteran of the Air Force. Tamika, first and foremost, California. Uh, I know it's easy to bag on California. I've spent a lot of time there. I don't know that I'm ready to give the communists paradise just yet, huh? <laughs> no. And I just have to correct you uh, really quick. I've been in for 19 years. I've been 14. I was 14 years active duty. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, okay. So it's 19 years. All right. Apparently, I shortchanged you there. Anyway, here's <laughs> a little intro of uh, Jen Psaki. I didn't know. I don't know if you know this, Tamika, but the economy's doing fine. So uh, I would just note that this is not, you know, sometimes it's, I'm not saying you're doing this, but sometimes people compare this to the Recovery Act of 2009. It is not that. We are not in the middle of uh, an economic, a historic economic crisis right now. This is an opportunity. Everything's fine to me. I don't know what you're worried about. No, you know, uh, Jesse, every single day I'm talking to people on both sides of the aisle, and that is not what is happening especially here in California. Um, I did a tweet the other day about uh, the, uh, the child tax credit, for example. I get $600 from that child tax credit. It is not going to building anything back better. It's literally going to the gas tank. It's going to the high food costs. And that is literally everything that, um, that's something that's happening to all Americans across the nation, especially the middle class. And, you know, obviously they are trying to sell us a fantasy and it's not happening. Uh, why do you think they're trying to sell it? I find this part odd because surely they have to know, Tamika, that they may not be experiencing this in Washington, D.C., but normal people can't afford gas. The eggs yeah. have gone up 12 percent. I mean, normal but people everything. are getting hit. How are they trying to sell that everything's fine? Thing? It's such a bizarre political tactic to take. Well, you know, they're trying to keep up a lie that they've manufactured. You know, Joe Biden has ended up to be a leader. And we need people that are going to tell the truth. And this is why I tell Republicans every step of the way, we need to be behind them with the numbers and the facts. And right now, Americans are making life decisions on what they're going to rob Peter to pay Paul to survive in America right now. This is everyday average American citizens. And the Joe Biden administration is going to go on a tour, from what I read the other day, to sell this message that the infrastructure package and all these things are, are making sense and it's going to work. But you and I both know it's a lie because they, that's all they know how to do is lie. And so what I keep telling Republicans is that at every turn, we need to be fighting them with the facts. And the facts are that we have nine, was it, I think like $7 gas in Southern California. I have $5 gas here in a little town in Dixon. It's not right. And so, yeah, exactly. So this is the message that we need to be pushing is that average Americans cannot afford to survive in this Joe Biden administration. It's funny you brought up gas because Joe Biden today, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised. I, I, there is no ineptitude or tyrannical thing they could do that would surprise me at this point in time. He gets elected, promptly shuts down the Keystone Pipeline, stops any drilling on federal lands. Gas prices stunningly start to increase. And today he directs the Federal Trade Commission to, I mean, I don't know you can, how you can take this any other way dig into the oil people to see if they're price gouging or if there's corruption. Tamika, this is not only tyrannical, this is insane. Everyone knows why gas prices are high. Right. We're not, we, we are informed. And I think that what happened in the past almost four years, the American people are not going to be fooled. And that's why we're seeing a big shift, um, especially we saw that in, in uh, Virginia. And if we continue on this trend, we are going to be able to not only win 2022, but we're going to be able to hold it in the years to come because they have had their chance and they have not rose, they have not risen to the occasion. And it's, they lied and told us that all these things were going to change when they got in office. And what has in the past 10 months, almost 11 months, they've done nothing but destroy America. They're trying to break America. And sadly, it's going to hurt. It's, it's hurting 
average as middle class everyday Americans. And that needs to be a message that's drove home every single day when Republicans get on shows like yours. And why don't they do it? Because I agree. I, I think the message does need to be about people and speaking right to people and the struggles they go yes. through. And to be honest, as much as I can't, as much as I hate them, Democrats are better at that message than Republicans. Why? Because they don't want to roll up their sleeves. I, in my district, I received 46% of the vote in 2020. And I was, I did not get any party support. Uh, and, and not a negative way. It's just that this seat was not a competitive seat for the past 10 years. John Garamendi has been in office, an elected official for close to 50 years. And, and when I came onto the scene, I matched the district. You know, I'm in the military. My husband's a cop. You know, we raise our family here, traditional family values, talking about the basic things. And when I knocked on these doors and I talked to these people and I put 100,000 miles on my car, people kept saying, we've never seen a Republican. And this district is 27% registered Republicans. How do you get 46%? Because you left no stone unturned. Again, 100,000 miles on my car. And Republicans have to get out of this get out of their comfort zone stop being afraid to talk to stop being afraid to be called names and do the work you and then they say that we have solutions republicans say oh we have the solutions we have the solutions but yet they're but the solutions don't follow present and how are we going to get people to come to our side if they don't see us and so that's the message that i drive home every single day republicans have the solutions but they don't have the presence and so this is why my, a candidacy like mine is so important because we've shown that we can do it even here in California. And we're, and, and we're going to win in 2022. This seat is on the target list, and we've raised more money in the past two quarters than we've done that we did last, you know, last cycle or last year. And so I just keep telling people that Republicans have to, do, have to get in the game just like the Democrats do. They're able to the Democrats just make people feel like home. And so and we can't talk about traditional family values if we're not doing the same thing. How are we making people feel like this is a place for them to be if we're not getting out there and talking to them? Samika Hamilton, best of luck to you, ma'am. Wishing you the very best. Thank you. Appreciate you. Talk about that. All right. You know you can get a little something extra from the first, right? I'm talking exclusive content, exclusive content from me, Buck, Dana, Bill, I thought the whole lineup, you get all kinds of special goodies, but you have to do something first. But it's simple. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support. Look, I, I understand you enjoy it. I understand you enjoy the first. I can't tell you how blessed I am to work here because they let me say whatever I want. You can't find another network like that. They let me say whatever I want. All of us, we get to say whatever. How awesome is that? That's the kind of company you should support anyway, let alone get some good goodies for it. So go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up today. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. You know what, you know what I don't miss? Dating. How big of a pain was dating? But I'll tell you, there's one guy who appears to have figured it out. <laughs> this dude, this is his first date, does this in front of his first date. And look, as they said, I'm pretty sure the man has pretty much locked up his chances at a second date. All right, I'll take a uh, four-piece jalapeno cheddar bite. Anything else for you? I actually make it eight. 
And can I get a Hershey Sunday pie on the side if you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, that'll be all. And call me crazy, but give me some ranch on the side. I like it with my cheddar bites. <laughs> I don't know why it makes me laugh. I respect it. Be bold, gentlemen. All right, let's see you tomorrow.